Before the multi-million dollar giants of the MCU, and before Spider-Man swung into theaters, this movie, the first of its kind, ushered in the new era of comic book films. This week, join us as we talk about the first mutation of film, X-Men. to zoomcast but before we begin i just want to give a brief warning this podcast you're about to listen to is not safe for work so please make sure that your boss isn't around your grandmother any type of family member and that you're prepared for very ignorant topics and that you're also not easily offended thank you so very much and let's pop it in In spirit of the movie we're about to watch, I had to educate Vernon, and Anthony's already seen it, but the fucking clip on the Fantastic Four cartoon where Magneto got stopped by a wooden fucking gun. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally the funniest shit because, don't get me wrong, I don't know why the fuck Magneto was in a Fantastic Four cartoon, but I guess the premise was he was doing something or another, and uh, Reed had to stop him. So what he did was he made a gun out of wood, but he painted it to look real, or as, as real as a fucking 90s cartoon gun can look. And uh, fucking Magneto tried to grab it and nothing happened. And he looked just flat out, just gave the fuck up in like five seconds. Not this time, Magneto. This time I'm fighting for real. It's impossible. It cannot be. Nothing can defy my magnetic power. The Fantastic Four can. Because quite literally, it's just, oh, my, my powers aren't working. I submit. He just gave the fuck. <laughs> Have you ever seen Magneto just fucking quit like that? I mean, he fought so hard in this movie, but apparently wouldn't shit. If like, I imagine if the X Men just got together and just got like fucking plank from Ed and Eddie, <laughs> they just beat the shit out of him, <laughs> just whack him. And he'd be like, "What? Oh, what?" <laughs> and then just put a bunch of fucking wood chippings in a bag and just tied up and just beat the fuck out of him with it. You know, uh, on that video too, where. Uh, where Magneto gets defeated by a wooden gun, there's a comment that says, imagine Magneto in the Flintstones. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get fucking yabba-dabba by a fucking bird or some shit. <laughs> bam, bam, fucking smacks him with the claw. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, I'm Vernon. I'm Ryan. I'm Anthony. And welcome to Zoomcast. We are back once again after a, well, from what you guys would know, not much of a hiatus at all, just for us. Because <laughs> we haven't put shit out yet. Fucking weeks. <laughs> <laughs> to the viewers, it's been rough. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Shit. Um, the world is finally melting and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're I, finally climbing out of that uncertainty that was coronavirus. We still don't have a cure, but at least the world isn't as fucked as the last time we recorded this thing. No. Um... And I thought in the spirit of the world being so divided, we'd go back and really, truly understand the spirit of X-Men because... Racism. Yes, in so many words, racism. racism. Systemic or 
in, systemic yeah, Holocaust mutant racism. Racism. And I always thought it'd be, it was interesting because Stanley just wanted to bank off of like, how do I get these black people and get them in the lottery <laughs> comics? <laughs> As the X-Men have no fucking But also, I don't it. understand being black, so how do I do it? Like, you know, but that makes sense to me. Like, I think, uh, I think when you get into X-Men and how it works, it's really for people who don't really understand racism for real. Like, I think you can, I think someone can really piece together racism by watching X-Men. You know, in the first, speaking of that, the first minute of the movie is literally just the Holocaust. The yeah. whole fucking Holocaust. <laughs> oh, are we just jumping in right now? No, I'm just saying, like, that's just crazy. It's, I mean, yeah. that's that was a great segue. That was a great segue, though. Like, so here we are, black screen, and then it happens. Yeah. The Holocaust. <laughs> Holocaust. <laughs> You got my attention, oh, <laughs> but I mean, as we told before, probably in the intro and a bunch of other stuff, we're doing the X Men film of two thousand. What a big year! It's a year after uh, Y2K episode one. That oh yeah, that too. Oh Y two K, yeah, sure. Oh shit. Do you want to hear that? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> we're recording the fucking future that Bishop came from. <laughs> this is Zoomcast from the future. <laughs> Zoomcast thirty six podcast of future past days of future joke. <laughs> days of future scr- scrubbing. But what I was trying to say before they really interrupted me, um, <laughs> we're doing X Men of two thousand. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now seeing the beginnings of another stage of human evolution. The truth is that mutants are very real, and they are among us. We must know who they are, and above all, what they can do. We're not what you think, not all of us. Who are you people? What kind of place is this? Really, this is a really interesting film because of how influential the film ended up being for the rest of comic book uh, filming and all this stuff. It's mm-hmm. and it's also the movie that's post Batman and Robin, like the complete depletion of all hope yeah. of comic films. Because Batman was like the house that built Warner Brothers and the house that that was basically saying it was okay to throw out your shitty comic book film. And it was okay until Batman Robin came out and just ruined the whole party for everybody. Yeah, until we found out what killed the dinosaurs. It really just fucked everything. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. What killed the comic book film industry? X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Fox took a huge risk. This movie was built on a... Let me check this really quick. Uh, it was built on a $75 million budget. Hmm. Um, that's pretty big for the time. I mean, um, I can forget what other budgets they had, but this is pro. This is pre Spider Man. Spider Man wouldn't come out for another two more years, and if this movie wasn't a success because it came out with uh with a full box office budget, worldwide budget. I mean, a budget. Sorry, a box office uh, return of two hundred ninety six point three million dollars. Like that's. Over triple, like, what is that? What it cost to make it. Yeah, it's like, so this was a huge deal, you know, at the time. And there's a lot of interesting things leading up to this film. You know, we had a lot of casting issues, a lot of weird choices 
Yeah, um, yeah. Because I saw that, I mean, this is really, I mean, I'm more interested in this other side. Christopher Lee was considered to be Magneto. That would have been so fucking hard. Can you imagine if we had Count Dooku as Magneto? <laughs> in, in some ways, I don't think that'd be more interesting to have Magneto be Christopher Lee than it was to be Ian e- e- McKellen, but it made more sense for e- to be Ian e- McKellen because it, it, it's cool and also interesting. I found out like about a year or two ago that Ian e- McKellen was gay in real life. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that about Ian McKellen at all, like about a year or two ago. And that speaks volumes about his, like, you know, um, him not making him being gay a big deal, like an identity for him, that he actually stands very much on his acting ability. I really appreciate that. And, and I would have never would have guessed that. And honestly. in hindsight, I think it's actually good that they went with Ian McKellen instead of Christopher Lee because if that was the case, he would have been dead anyway. So <laughs> oh, it'd have been quite a few, quite a few exit movies where they, they had to recast Magneto. <laughs> so they, they had the foresight to not pick to pick the one who was the least feeble. Oh so. fuck! Come on. <laughs> Dude, you see that front flip he did in episode three? <laughs> he had a people spray chicken. Yeah, front flip right into place. It took like half his fucking life force to do that front flip. <laughs> he had us on a dark side from across the universe to do that shit. <laughs> but I think the most interesting casting uh, options that I, I learned about this movie was that they had Russell Crowe to be uh, Wolverine. I could have saw that. Yeah, I could see it. two thousands, yeah. But the thing that I really can't fucking ever see in this lifetime was that mm-hmm. they had um, Keanu Reeves set up as also a possible choice Wolverine, which is fucking oh, bizarre. That would have been like, so weird. It'd, It'd be cool, though, that. but man. Can you imagine having Wolverine, Neo, and John Wick under your belt? No, like, and I think they're talking about Keanu Reeves being Wolverine again in this in more recent uh, time, and I still don't see it. Like, even with John Wick and stuff, I just don't get it. I don't. I mean, it's because Keanu Reeves doesn't play as like like he plays as a different type of angry, not Wolverine angry. He just like kind of like to himself angry, like. I guess I gotta do it. Kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Silent anger terrifies me. Just you know that that's. Very scary. I, I, but I don't really see him as being a Wolverine. Yeah. No, but nobody has the fucking work on dedication to this role that Hugh Jackman has. No, and and really, this is the role that put Hugh Jackman on the map. If it, wasn't it really this, is, yeah. it wouldn't. It, Hugh Jackman was a very unknown factor. He was going Broadway into before it. this, right? Um, I believe he was doing some Broadway stuff. I'm not sure. He's a teacher too. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. I know about the, that. Yeah. There's a video where he um during one of the XM screenings where uh. The guy interviewing him was one of his old students. And, oh, you know, it's good seeing you. Have you been keeping up with your studies? Da, 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 da. So, yeah, Hugh Jackman did quite a few things before he, like, really, you know, took off in X-Men. Yeah, he tap dance his way to a role. Yeah, tap dance. <laughs> he, he tap dance and two plus two to his way to X-Men. Right? And uh, we were talking about Ian McKellen earlier. I wish I sprinkled this in. I, I, Ian McKellen, um, this is also at the time he got casted as Gandalf in, uh, in, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And so they, so Brian Singer, the director of this film, worked around a schedule to get him into this film, which is interesting. And Ian McKellen was very standoffish about being Magneto. And this is, I guess, this is a gay part of him talking. He saw the suit and he was like, damn. <laughs> I'm doing this shit. <laughs> I want to be a gay dude. What does like, the costume look like? I'll do it. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> I can see it. Oh, oh, but I guess it brings us to finally talking about this film. So, what do we think about X Men Two Thousand? Oh, I think this movie is a joke. But <laughs> every every minute of this movie feels rushed. Um, there's some funny parts, and I think Wolverine's a douchebag. 
That's Wolverine's character, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, bro, I'll get into it when we get there, mm-hmm. but... But no, I just think this movie, it's like, it's good for the time, but as a movie as a whole, I I, I was just sitting here just, I was shocked and amazed with the pacing of this movie, some of the choices that they made for this movie, and so on. Uh, it's funny you say that, because yeah. I got here, because, uh, you know, recording at Anthony's, I got here a little bit before Vernon, and I asked him his thoughts on the movie, and he also said he didn't like it. I know that you didn't care too much for it either. So I came into this knowing that I was going to be the one person that had a positive thing to say about this movie. But for me, uh, personally, I, as a kid, I quite enjoyed the X-Men movie, especially the first one. Two is still my favorite because, you know, Nightcrawler. But uh, besides that, I mean, I don't know. It was This movie was really just nostalgic for me to see it, you know, again. Because I haven't seen this movie, I want to say... Man, in at least 10 years, so... Really? I, it's been a minute yeah. for me, too. The, the last time I saw it, I had it on VHS. I saw it a couple of years ago. About maybe a year or two ago, I think I saw it about a year or two mm. ago. What prompted you to watch it again? Well, it's fucking... I mean, I, That's fair. I, I I really like this YouTuber called Geekvolution, and he does mm. some really interesting uh, comic book um, commentary uh, from films, for comic book films. He had one where he was just speaking on it, and I, it was interesting to hear his thoughts. But you told me, you said that I probably didn't care about this film. Mm-hmm. But. Um, okay, so it was me. <laughs> That's how it be sometimes. <laughs> Wait, leave back in yours real quick. See, it could have been you too. Hey, you know what? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> It'll happen to you too. <laughs> Mike just made out of plastic. I'm good. But it was interesting you said that I probably wouldn't care about this film. Is that? But I actually do like this film. Um, I think, uh, like Anthony was talking about earlier, it starts with the Holocaust, and that's an interesting. Uh, kind of hits you over the head with like the symbolism, <laughs> but I do enjoy that. Um, Magneto is the most interesting character throughout this entire film. Personally, I mean, even if you don't like this film, I think you could sympathize where Magneto is coming from, and you yeah. can understand exactly his motives and why he's doing certain things. And I thought it was really cool to see that Magneto has seen hatred from the, the humanity, seen the disgusting uh, things they've done in the Holocaust. He's also seen how they treated him as a mutant, which is interesting. You, he got dealt like the worst fucking hand possible of life. You, you were a Jew and a mutant. You just get fucked over during the Holocaust. Yes, yeah, you're just, you're just fuck. <laughs> I'd hate them niggas too. Like yeah, it's shit. it's funny how you talk about how this beats you over the head with the symbolism because like you can pretty much. Make the soundtrack to Magneto's life just the fucking the song for Pits of Egypt, but they're like whipping the slaves and shit. It just goes from a Holocaust to mutant to Brotherhood of Evil. He lost his mom and dad. He's you know he, it's fucked. It's fucked up, man. Uh, he's he he really got dealt a really bad hand in life, and you can really understand where he's coming from. You also can see where Xavier's coming from. I like the beginning of the film. You see the politician talking about, you know, we can't have these mutants in our classrooms. <laughs> and I, I thought it was kind of funny because if you replace the word mutant in this movie with the word Negro, it just puts the whole context. Like, no, we can't have these Negroes in the classroom yeah. with, our white, with our white students. <laughs> They're dangerous. What, what if a Negro could walk through a wall? What if he could... <laughs> <laughs> what if a Negro filed door taxes? <laughs> <laughs> he could be sitting next to you right now. <laughs> oh, the whole fucking crowd. <laughs> what if that Negro can breathe fire? I, 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 I thought that was so fucked up. I thought that was fucked up and funny. Um, God, I'm just putting like fucking Uncle Sam. Just <laughs> I want you to look out for those mutants, like. But um, but this movie really because you this again like I was talking about earlier. 
it's one of the first films to reintroduce the concept of having a comic book film in there. And I think it's more, it's less of a comic book film and more of a, a character study of Magneto, Wolverine and Xavier and the ideologies clashing with the, with the world and accepting mutants and accepting uh, change in the world. And Magneto's trying so hard to get people to understand him that he builds this fucking machine to force people to be a mutant. And it's interesting to see that. And also, I mean, I have a lot to talk about, but I don't want to, like, rush okay. anybody else uh, here. Yeah, right now, what we've already kind of talked about the politician scene and Magneto and Xavier coming across each other. And he's like, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good impression, actually. It's funny you say that because I have, like, so many just one-line quotes in my movie. Cause I feel like this movie is full of good one-liners. And one of my favorites is the one where fucking Magneto is walking away from Professor Xavier, which is hilarious because he can't walk. But he's walking away from me. He's just saying, we're the future, Charles, not them. <laughs> He's so butthurt, bro. Like, <laughs> I would be too. And it's like, I like how Magneto was there in the crowd and he had to hear for himself. Like, that was probably like the politician. That, that was like his last hope before he made his fucking final plan. He's like, let me just hear what this motherfucker's got to say. And after that, he's like, oh, I'm killing him. I'm, I'm fucking doing it. You know what? <laughs> We're the future Charles. I am. If, if he says some good shit, I would stop the whole project right yeah. now. <laughs> but he had to turn around and say it's some fucked fault. up shit. Oh, God, and it's funny because as the movie progresses, I know we're kind of going in order here, but speaking of the big mutant machine, the politician is funny because later on in the movie, he uses that same machine that doesn't, which is so weird because it doesn't get explained until like the last like 30 minutes of the movie how he does it because you're made to believe that he can just make niggas just into mutants, but uh, just God, like, but <laughs> quite literally. So he does that, and then the fucking politician dude just becomes a fish or a water thing or whatever he is. He, like a fucking amphibian man. Oh yeah, um, the CGI in this film is hilarious because twenty years old. Um, but that was kind of cool though. It was cool. It was kind of it was, was kind of neat because like um, I guess it all connects because we're talking about the politician because there's a scene later where he's talking to Storm. I thought it was a really cool seeing him to be like you know why are you scared and it's like you know I'm kind of scared of you guys and I'm like there's it's funny how a lot of these characters' motivations are manipulated by fear and misunderstanding and hate. Oh man, speaking of misunderstandings, it's funny you bring up Storm. Of course, being played by Holly Bear, but her accent is so fucking inconsistent in this movie. That's, oh yeah, then they're like, dropping it later in the film. Yeah, they drop yeah, it like, in the like, movie. That, yeah. like that whole scene. She's talking to him in like her African, you know, Swahili accent, and then later on, it's just regular Monsters Ball Holly Berry, and it's like, did your character have an accent? And I also love that Storm has what like five lines throughout the entire fucking film. And it's, well, Halle Berry, we gotta keep in mind too. This is twenty years ago. Halle Berry didn't really catch her wind until like, like you said, Monsters Ball. Yeah, that was like two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. So she didn't really catch on. So it's kind of fun to see like you know Halle Berry. Like she's not. I mean, she's famous, but she's not like Halle Berry quite yet. Yeah, she's just Halle Berry. <laughs> just. <laughs> Holly Berry. Hey, um, know about that Holly Berry? No, not really. No, not really. <laughs> no, I mean, I was more interested in that uh, Hugh Jackman fellow. Uh, what was he been up to? Like, oh man, you know, I what, what's with when they were in the cage? You see, this this scene always kind of confused me a little bit because I know as a guy, I get why I'd be pissed off, mm-hmm. but why why is it specific? Like he's like, hey, just don't hit him in the balls. You said anything goes, uh, he'll take it personally. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, like anybody's gonna take it personally. Imagine being that strong that you get kicked into nothing. Just makes it just makes you angrier. <laughs> well, well, let's just, no, let's just imagine the science here. So there is no bone in your penis. 
And yeah. keep in mind, Wolverine is covered with adamantium throughout his bones. So the weakest part of Wolverine is technically his ball sack. All right, and he deserves or his it. nose or yeah. his eyes. But uh-huh. yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Yes, especially the, 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 those fucking nuts. Yeah. And he, and he gets what he deserves. Like, yeah. I, if I punch any part of your body, for the most part, I'm breaking my hand. Right. So let me hit you in the nuts. I'm just I'm, saying. I mean, I would imagine if you say he'll take it personal, it shouldn't be like a flashback sequence of him just stabbing the fuck out of someone or some shit. Or just beating, <laughs> or just like put his eye, his like his cradle singing shit, like put his fucking fingers through his like fucking eye sockets. Fucking <laughs> like the Ghost Rider's fucking penance. Yeah, just <laughs> fucking. Yeah, I, I would imagine it was fucked up, whatever the fuck he did. But that was. But one thing, I, I don't know, we're bouncing everywhere, but like one thing that, I mean, we're talking this about the cage thing. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about this cage thing in the beginning of the film. Uh, Wolverine's, you know, doing all that, which is, you know, another cool thing. I just thought about it a second ago. You know how cool it is in the first, like, maybe two movies in the Marvel legacy era of, like, you know, early films that all these films, Spider Man 1 including that, has some type of cage fighting scene? Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The but first, the first two big boys that cage fights, yeah. Um, the one thing I didn't like about this entire film was that. They really hammer home the, the 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 code names and the the actual comic book names of these characters. That's like shit. Oh uh, yeah, he's the Wolverine and all this other shit. And it's like it. And they hammer home like you know I'm Rogue and blah. And this is blah. I I hate that they always any chance they get they remind you like hey that's Wolverine. Hey that's Wolverine. Look check that shit. It's cool, isn't it? Even near the end of the movie is like there's a part where like Wolverine's playing about the outfits and fucking Cyclops is like oh would you rather wear some yellow and blue spandex and it's like oh god. I get it. It's Wolverine. <laughs> I understand. It, it reminds me of how bad it was with the Dark Knight Rises. I think I may have brought this up on a podcast before, but the Dark Knight Rises when they had like, a, oh, you're Robin Grayson. I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Oh, I, hate that. I hate that. Oh, the red. Pull it right here in the back of my head, please. God. And it's funny how like, I feel like there are moments in this film where Hugh Jackman is just kind of like the voice of the audience because while all this is happening at the beginning of the movie after he meets Robert Xavier, he's like, okay, you're a storm. You're Cyclops. He looks at fucking Peter Patrick Stewart just in his chair, like, and what do they call you? Wheels? Like, <laughs> it was originally supposed to be Baldy, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he improved that as he should have. That shit yeah, was hilarious. That, it's way funnier. We're the future, Charles, not them. <laughs> and I, I was talking earlier because we get to see later through this film, and we we forgot to mention like the third component of this film, which is Rogue. Um, she was mentioned. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we said her name. Yeah, we said her name. <laughs> <laughs> we said her name. <laughs> I think we both all agree she's kind of like a, you know, who really yeah, cares that there. much. But uh, I mean, you know, they made such a big deal about her, but at the same time, just like at least her the, accent she, was consistent. She's yeah. in the movie. She's in the movie for only so many parts. She has no actual scenes where she's doing Jack. She's crying yeah. or upset. She's, and I get why. Yeah, she ends up being important later. But like you said, it's only later because the big, tw- well, I guess we can get into it. I, I just need to do a brief synopsis right now. After Wolverine meets Rogue, he comes across the X-Men because they save him from a uh, saber tooth, which is weird because in this movie, they have like no relation at all. It's just, yeah, this is just a saber tooth guy. Oh, I felt like they had relation because saber tooth oh, really? takes, yeah, yeah, okay, so... Sabretooth takes the dog tags and keeps them yeah. on them. Uh-huh. And I think that, I think that's symbolic to how when he used to... Like, oh, no, you're right. I'm, I'm just saying in yeah. the movie, they never they never touch upon it. They just it. never say it, yeah. Because I assume that, you know, because another thing, common thing with these these early X-Men films is that, like, the first, like, what, fucking... 
12 films have nothing to do with all fuck all with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought Sabretooth had no relation to anything. So he did take the dog tag and he did give it to Magneto and was like, he got away and blah. I guess it makes sense because Sabretooth I, yeah. did start off as an Iron Fist villain. So, so really? Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I, I was going to mention that uh, Rogue uh, is in this film and um, and and really... I think it's interesting that these characters, Magneto, Rogue, and Wolverine, are running, or like, everyone's coping in a different way. And and like you're talking, you guys mentioned the dog tags that um, that Sabretooth took. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where you get to see uh, Magneto's um, his Holocaust markings and in relation to the dog tag. And I thought it was an interesting correlation between these two characters because mm-hmm. it makes like a mirroring between Wolverine and Magneto. Interestingly enough, more than say which is commonly used in the comic books. And I guess thus uh, further on is the comparison between Xavier and Magneto. They're, you know, comparable to Dark Mark of the King and, you know, Malcolm X. And I love the way the movie kind of plays your emotions because it shows that scene and there's a whole mystery of who coded Wolverine's bones and who put the adamantium there. And the whole time you're thinking that Magneto is looking for uh, Wolverine, but I just going to find out later in the movie, like we were saying, how Rogue has very little importance to the very end. Wolverine's like, oh, well, what do you want with me? He's like, oh, my dear boy, who says I want anything to do with you? And he throws to the back of the train and takes Rogue. So I, I think it's funny how like there's a, that little heel turn in the movie, how you think he's after Wolverine, but really he's not. And she is. Um, and, and one thing I, 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 I'm interested to know is like, how the fuck does Xavier know so much about Rogue's powers? Because initially you're like, what the fuck does it do? Like, what is And I still don't quite understand Rogue's powers, even though the, it's been explained to me. I don't understand how Magneto knows her powers. I don't understand. That, it. Uh, see, see, Xavier can maybe make a little bit more sense because he can read your mind and be like, oh, OK, you know, if I put one and two together, this is it. See, I don't know. But it makes sense. To Magneto me. didn't make sense to me. See, it makes sense to me because it's like how when uh, when Rogue had broken to the X-Mansion, she had kind of poisoned Cerebro. I guess it makes sense in that regard because if they know how to get in there and Mystique. Rogue knows how oh, to yeah, use yeah, it. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, I'm yeah. saying Rogue, yeah. yeah that's right. that's cool. when, when, when Mystique does all that, I guess it kind of makes sense because I guess from there you can kind of assume that he knows how to get into you know Charles and shit and figure things out. And plus, who, who knows? Mystique could have been somebody in the background watching Rogue this whole time while she was in the X-Mansion. But, yeah, they, they, but they were already after her before that. That's a thing. Yeah. No, that, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm saying since she snuck into Cerebro's thing, maybe she's used it before. Maybe she would know how to use it or fucking something. Because as we see in later movies, pretty much anybody can just fucking put on Cerebro. So. And I guess that Toad dude just built this fucking machine. So, I mean, there's that. Fucking Toad of all people. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Fucking Darth Maul, yeah. I, I don't get that one. And I don't read the comic book, so I don't know if Toad's like this super fucking smart no, dude. To- Toad has always been ass. He's never been more important than he's been in this show. And it's funny how he's also played by uh, Ray Park, who, of course, played Darth Maul. So... He always plays these interesting, like little concept art characters who seem kind of cool, but never really amount to shit in the end. I like that one scene in the final. It's like the final fight sequence where uh, he's beating everybody's ass. And he just starts like fucking dancing and shit, like you yeah. know, fucking creeping people out. Ray Park is really good with just building and doing. He did some staff shit. He's really mm-hmm. like interesting in that way. I was watching it with my girlfriend, and she was talking about why is Toad like the coolest guy on screen right now? Like, <laughs> he's at that moment in time. You gotta think though, this is Ray Park coming in first on Phantom Menace. He had dick room to swing. Like, <laughs> you know he's feeling this. I was like, I'm just in Star Wars. Fuck this movie. Like, oh, you know, a really funny thing is that I thought or was was mentioned to me uh, while I was watching the rest of the film was that um, so we see Jean. Okay, so Jean has the power to manipulate objects around her. Right? She's you know. 
That's the sort of thing. Yeah. It's kind of funny. She doesn't have a code name. At least at the moment in time. Oh, she's Jean Grey. Yeah, she's Jean Grey. Yeah, I don't think Jean has ever had a code name. No, yeah, she's never had one. It's kind of silly. But uh, she can manipulate things off of like it around her, but she can't like... So Toad just shoots this like ooze in her face <laughs> and she can't manipulate that shit. Like, this <laughs> fucking... This hardening Ninja Turtle fucking spunk. Like. Yeah, like she really has the most hacks powers there because she can do all the shit. And we know, before we know later, you know... The phoenix and shit like that, but when you put it in a bottle, it's like she's kind of got the most potential for a lot of powers, and she's kind of yeah. But she's yeah. a girl in the two thousand. What do you want from her? I'm <laughs> Keep in mind, Jean Grey, you know, fucking owner of the Phoenix Force, all this crazy shit, defeated by Toad. Yeah, yeah, defeated by Toad handily. Welcome to the two thousands. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, it's, it's Ray Park. I mean, I think the the biggest L throughout this entire film is Cyclops. You know what? I got. I have something to say about him. Go for and it. And I'm glad you do. Something to say about Logan well. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Logan is a dick. He yep. has no reason for just coming in and be like, "Oh, you're uh, you're his girlfriend, right?" Well, uh, I'm gonna start flirting <laughs> well, with you for the uh, rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like she falls for it too, and I'm just like, "You're a bitch. I'm mad you're an because... asshole." And then and and Cyclops over here just getting fucked over by life because of you. I'm mad because for the first, I want to say the first like hour of this movie, he wasn't even a cook. Like when Gene goes to visit Wolverine, and Wolverine comes in, he's like, "Oh, what." Is this a part where you're talking to save her from your girl? And Cyclops has the coolest line in the fucking movie. He says, if I had to do that, she wouldn't be my girl. Exactly. And I was like, wait a second. Cyclops is kind of cool. <laughs> just, just, just from the end of scene with, oh, yeah, also, stay away from my girl. I was like, oh, okay, you lost me. <laughs> and he's sipping. And Wolverine felt it, too. He's like, ah. Slash her <laughs> nah, nigga, you almost had me. <laughs> oh, I see. It's just, it's just some bullshittery. It's like, why is it that you introduce Jean Grey mm-hmm. and you introduce the fact that she has a boyfriend? You know what I mean, it's Cyclops, and then you. Simclops. And, and, yeah, he's Simclops. And then, like. He did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. He's over here, like, yeah, baby, what's up? Hey, you got nice tits or some shit. Like, what were you Oh, God, you just fucking just yeah. salivated from her vagina. Wanted to see my. Huh, I bet you want to see my body that badly. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, you got to think her first introduction to Wolverine was a, a shirtless Hugh Jackman. Can you really blame her? Like. I mean, but if, she, if, you're, if you're dating Cyclops and then. Buff ass who Jackman comes over. Are, are, are you just gonna not fuck with him? Come on now. It's weird. They they automatically introduce this love triangle out of really seemingly nowhere. For nowhere. No reason. No be fair though. The same way in the comics. It's, it's always out of nowhere. It's always I'm dating Cyclops and then Wolverine comes with this fat dick and she's like, oh wow, I gotta start fucking with that guy. Now. Nah, I know what it is. It's woman. It's it, this is where it began. The first thing that Wolverine does to Jean Grey is choke the shit out of her. Yeah. yeah. She liked it. She liked it. <laughs> She's like, hold on, wait a minute. Daddy. <laughs> I'm in a committed relationship. <laughs> oh, shit. The tag's on this one. Oh, oh man. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Fixation. <laughs> she could just smell the man could, could just dripping off of him. Just, oh, God, that's a man, man. She might have been grabbed like that before in her life. He was like breathing hard and shit. He was a fucking type of person. Oh, baby, am I going too fast? Wolverine <laughs> 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 was a man. He just took what he wanted and it just turned her on immensely. I mean, look, he's got, like, lasers coming out of his eyes at all times. He's got to pause for a second, baby. I don't know if lasers are shooting everywhere. He's such a bitch. He has to fuck with his eyes closed. No. <laughs> I can't look at you. Poor Cyclops. 
the second <laughs> the second worst draw of the X Men. Jean's like, give me eye contact, and he's like, I can't. <laughs> he, he's like, no. CC Bridges is like, no. The visor stays on. There reminds me of X Men Three when she like when she comes out of the lake and he and, he, and she goes like, you know, just look at me, trust me. And he's it's like during sex, she just want to practice it, just see if she can do it, and it's like he's like, no, I'll kill you, no. <laughs> I love how this movie wastes no time. Like, this is the very first movie. They established, like, the first hour that Jean Grey is not shit. No, sure they should. And then at the end of the film, you get to see, like, you know, during this whole, after the big fight, whatever, you get to see, like, oh, she, she goes, like, oh, hey, you and me. You go, shh. I'll come back. And it's Wolverine. <laughs> it's, it's Wolverine too. He's like, cause he's like, oh well. She said something like, oh, I think Rogue's taking the liking to you. He's like, oh well, my heart's somewhere else right now. My heart belongs to someone else now. It's some bullshit. Oh God, and like, then her fucking nipples get hard, and he's like, oh well, you see, shh. We'll talk about it next. We'll talk about it next too. He just flicks her lip <laughs> and sucks his finger. <laughs> his, 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 Nightcrawler. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense in two years. Oh no! Um, but this but, movie, yeah, like we were all over the place for our topics. But this movie was kind of all over the place. I just wanted to, before we signed off here, I just wanted to talk about how some of the CGI scenes kind of hold up, like the scene where Wolverine, of course, he first pops his claws, will never not be cool. Oh yeah, because the shotgun to have, and then soon after that, you know he. uh he crashes out of the fucking window and then his face heals. To me, those scenes hold up. The rest of it is just is, is really fucking hit or miss, mostly miss, but that's really cool. Also, like how during the cage fight, fucking uh, Wolverine, it, like, he fucking punched a guy, it made like the fucking Iron Man just clink. Yeah. So, that was great. And it never happens again. Even when he's fighting Sabretooth, you never hear the clink again. Um, if there's anything I got to say about this movie and the CGI, it's uh, I like the fish guy blowing up into a watery mess. <laughs> uh, yeah, the politician, he just, I think it's John Kelly or some shit. Yeah, John Kelly. Like, it's something Kelly. Yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. that matters. Mr. Kelly has one less to worry about. <laughs> I don't want to die in the end. Just turns into fucking Hydro Man. <laughs> I don't, don't want to die. Not not by myself, and he grabs Storm's hand. He fucking explodes in a fucking water puddle. Uh, but I thought this, overall, I thought this movie has some really interesting themes, really interesting uh, commentary on some stuff, for the time, at least. Because yeah. now, this would be elementary. Um, especially when you have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If this movie came out today, it would have been, you know, very oh, similar. <laughs> but for the fact that it was the first of its kind, I appreciate that. And one thing I want to say... Uh, I guess, does anyone else have anyone else thing to add before I throw this in? Actually, uh, I was going to say, because it was already kind of talked about earlier, but I guess I'll throw this in. Um, you can kind of argue that this movie is mainly about the relationship between Wolverine and Rogue, because even when they meet the, like the, the whole, like the bigger side of the X-Men, it's still like, oh, okay, I'll look out for you. I'll keep you safe. Do, 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 do. And he even, even promises her. Exactly. And even in the final scene. It's really, I mean, of course, Cyclops helps, but it's, it's mainly him, you know, trying to get her off the machine and shit. So you can really make a case that this movie is kind of somewhat about Wolverine and Rogue and their journey to becoming X-Men. Mm-hmm. But that's really the last bit of commentary that I had to add on this movie. And one other thing about uh, Fuck Wolverine, he he steals mm-hmm. Cyclops' motorcycle twice. I mean, what can I say? It's fun. <laughs> and I like how in the sequence, he's just teaching. Like, you see these sequences of, like, you know, all the main X-Men teaching children and all this other shit. And what does Cyclops teach these kids? Like, hey, look, it's my bike. It's the coolest shit ever. Like, <laughs> like there's a scene where he's just talking about his bike. And, like, I, I don't know. Cyclops is maybe just a dick, actually. I, I think he, he might be a dick, but... 
It doesn't you seem, can't sit here yeah. and say that Wolverine isn't a dick. I don't think that Cyclops ever grew out of the state in the X-Men cartoon. Wolverine fucking punched, walked him and punched him in the stomach and he fell over. I, I think his, his character has never grown beyond that. They've always hated each other for seemingly no reason for what I presume. I don't think there's much Cyclops always reason. hated Wolverine because Wolverine was just swinging his dick around and Jean Grey just yeah. happened to suck it. Like, yeah. The first time Cyclops meets Wolverine, he literally holds out his hand to like, hey, it's nice to meet you. Right. And Oh, I was going to say, Cyclops had one cool scene in that movie, like when they're all in the room talking to Professor X and Wolverine goes to grab Cyclops and Cyclops looks at uh, Professor X like, yo, can I fade this nigga? Like, I'm pretty good. Like, that was his one cool scene in this movie. I mean, it wouldn't have worked out that hard because, you know, I mean, actually, unlimited laser beam versus, I mean, it's not the first time ever in history that X, or, oh God, Wolverine and uh, Cyclops went against each other. And it's think. funny because on paper and even in the comics, Cyclops wins almost all of those fights because the laser, like. But here's the thing that I think is eyes. hilarious. Mm-hmm. This is out of context of the film, but just in the context of the comic books. Uh, has, has anyone read Schism? Schism sounds familiar. Well, X-Men Schism was like the comic book that split the books in two. So they took the X-Men and they made like, okay, here's the Cyclops faction. And here's oh, the yeah, yeah. Faction. yeah, yeah. So they're fighting on, I forgot what island that was. But anyway, all these signals are coming. Shit. And basically, like one of the last lines in the comic book is literally like, you know, Cyclops going, you know, Gene, will, Gene never loved you, right? And then Wolverine's like, nah, and just fucking beats a shadow. <laughs> And like the last fucking scene in the comic book is just them just fading each other, of like you know, killing each other about this woman who's basically dead. Turn Wolverine into a simp in the final pages. <laughs> you turned her against me. Fucking oh. <laughs> <laughs> punches him in the eye. Yeah, if you ever cover, cover X Men Two, I just love that scene of like. I mean, this is so out of context because nothing to do with the first movie, but I think this is funny. Just, I love that when uh, when Cyclops is crying on Gene dying, and then he's like, he's gone, man, and they're just hugging each other or some shit. <laughs> uh. And Wolverine's like, yo, I was just trying to fuck, but all right. Like, <laughs> He's gone. She's gone, man. She's gone. Oh. Angry lasers everywhere. Dude, can you just, can, can, can fucking Cyclops cry? Is that a possible thing? I like think, actual isn't tears? A, isn't there a scene where like, you can see it, not in the first X-Men movie, but I don't know. I think, I think it's X3 it. where he like actually like cries a little bit. Like he can cry normal tears. It's just that if he looks at you, you die. That's Really sad. Just think about it. If his eyes are extra wet when he uses laser beams, doesn't it like magnify the laser beam then? So you oh. mean to tell me I can defeat Cyclops if I just walk up and just fucking just throw some dirt in his eye? <laughs> he just, <laughs> he's just a normal ass nigga. Just, <laughs> you trip him. <laughs> <laughs> just kick him in his ball. Pot a mirror. No, no. <laughs> he's fucking Medusa. Beep, beep. Oh. Like, like you know that Literally. one you know that one uh, I imagine like it's like Toy Story 2 in the beginning of that movie where like you know Buzz Lightyear just gets laser beamed by Zerg and he's just like half a body <laughs> <laughs> buzz 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 oh man Simclops never forget one thing I really like I was gonna say since we're wrapping this up um uh when you're on Disney Plus when you're watching this this is available mm-hmm. there as well yeah that's why I watched it, it. But um, it's on the 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 Marvel Legacy films, which is yeah, interesting. The X Men collection or some shit. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me that they're they're doing they're acknowledging it, but they're not really acknowledging it. It's funny because the funniest part about this whole fucking thing is it's called the X Men collection, but it's missing like five movies. <laughs> they have X Men one, two, and three, the Wolverine, Days of Future Past, and the cartoons. They don't have uh, no Logan. No, they, they don't have Logan. They don't have any of the newer X Men movies with you know fucking Michael Fassbender and shit. But it's funny how it's called the X Men Collection, 
And they have like five of the fucking 15 movies. Because they're not ready for the good ones yet, man. It sets out the waters, man. Because they, they, you know what they may end up doing? Is they may end up just making some things canon and just carrying it over. All I got to say is that if everyone who listens to this podcast watches X2, then you'll understand that the good movies are already out. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess oh, if boy. no one has anything else to add, that's just going to wrap up the podcast for yeah. this week. Good movie. Fun little watch. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's uh, it's a nice watch, but I won't go as far as say good movie. <laughs> what, what is your like? It just it, it just, just there's so much. Okay, so it, it feels very fast. Not the movie. It, it feels so disconnected in every scene for me, anyways. That's so true. so. What you first start off with um, Xavier giving the speech, then it goes to the Holocaust, then it goes from the Holocaust to the to the auditorium, then it goes from the auditorium to. I think it's Rogue. To, yeah. to Rogue making out and then almost killing a man. You know, another inconsistency in my opinion as well is how come Rogue almost killed Wolverine when she touched him, but Magneto touches him and this old ass man, I'm still alive and I can still use my powers. He has, <laughs> he has like 60 years worth of Jewish hatred keeping him alive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's that's later, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, I think the fun. I'm sorry to cut you off. I think the funniest scene is like you know he 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 looks. He goes like you know after I touch the girl, I'll be incapacitated. I'm looking to you to protect me. Just Sabretooth's like the same me? fucking person <laughs> who dropped the senator like two yeah. seconds ago. You you will be my guardian. You'll be my guard. <laughs> the last guard in Sabretooth, and he still was able to stop Wolverine. If it wasn't for Cyclops, yeah, big laser. Yeah, if it wasn't for Cyclops, everyone would be dead. Just saying. Shot, I'm taking it. <laughs> uh, uh, but I'm sorry to cut you off. You no, saying. no, it just this movie just feels so everywhere. Just every scene. To be fair, it. I feel like the first Spider Man was kind of a fast movie. I feel like all of, like original Marvel movies they were kind of like yo See, get in, get out. Because we, we we in this podcast we've covered uh, this first Spider Man movie. We've covered Daredevil. We've also covered the Fantastic Four movie. So I feel like those first couple of films are built that way. Yeah. I feel like in the context of because I feel like you haven't seen it in the past like ten years, like so. Oh, I haven't seen ex- an X Men movie in like ten years. Yeah, yeah. No. but that's excuse like it, the film itself. I feel like it's just one of those things where they wanted to really sell you those scenes quickly. And I think nowadays we're okay with letting a especially a comic book film letting it sit. Yeah, look at fucking Endgame. That movie was like. Just an hour and a half of this like world building, right? So we don't have. So I feel like we're in a different age of quality as well. Yeah, and, and I feel like I give at least X Men the benefit of the doubt, but I will not excuse it being whatever it was. But I feel like I'm appreciative that we can live in a world where we can let a film just be a film. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. When like my my grievances with the movie so doesn't take away the nostalgia of it. The first time watching that movie as a kid was crazy. Yeah, you know it's kind of it's kind of spooky when you see Wolverine's claws get declawed and then you yep. see the the flesh just pulling back together. Yeah, you gotta like, like bend them out and shit. <laughs> does it hurt when they come out? <laughs> every time, every time. <laughs> never forget, never forget. But oh, man. But I mean, it's an alright movie. But at the end of the day, I I, I can go watch something else. <laughs> Speaking of watching something else, Vernon, where can these fine people find all of our content? Well, they can find us here on SoundCloud. They can also find us on Google Play or actually be Google Podcasts because they're getting rid of Google Play Music. And they also can find us on iTunes yeah, and for most uh, places where uh, podcasts are listened to. Because, like Ron would say, we are the gonorrhea of podcasts. We are literally. Everywhere. Can't get rid of us. Prevalent. Prevalent. Very prevalent. 
that itch that you can't scratch that you kind of don't want to because you kind of got used to it being there. Actually, Google Podcasts is already out. Damn, really? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be on. Yep, we'll be one of the first podcasts when they launch. Zoomcast at the at the banner. I hope so. <laughs> the gatekeepers of fucking Google Podcast, Zoomcast. Fuck with it or don't. It's up to you. And you can also follow us on Twitter as well. Um, at Podcast Zoom. Z-O-O-M-P. Podcast Zoom. But other than that, I guess we are good to go. Yeah, I'm going to wrap things up here. Good, good podcast. Quite enjoyable. <laughs> I would definitely talk here again. Well, I hope to see you guys here again next week when we cover something else. Hopefully comic related. I guess since we're on a roll. Um, but we'll find that out soon enough. But thank you for listening. And I hope to hear from you once more. Bye.